This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery, just like Leicester City this season. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing. But rest assured, you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Some things are just junk. Unwanted catalogs, bright orange snacks, most of your neighbor's yard sale. You know what's not junk? Your pubic area. Show it some respect with Gillette Intimate. The new Gillette Intimate pubic trimmer is designed for care down there for an easy shave that's tough on hair and gentle on pubic skin. Put down the old razor or beard trimmer and pick up Gillette Intimate from America's number one trusted men's grooming brand. Gillette Intimate, the best a man can get. Available now at a retailer near you. This is Leicester Till I Die TV. Watch and subscribe on YouTube and listen on your podcast platform. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Watching Leicester Till I Die TV with Chris and Chums. YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. All you need for everything Leicester City FC. It's Leicester Till I Die TV. Hi, everybody. Jerry Taggart here. Now, be sure to watch Chris and Leicester Till I Die TV by subscribing on YouTube and following them on social media for all the latest Leicester City news and information. Come on, you foxes! Strap yourself in because we're set up, switched on, and ready to go. Good evening, fellow Fox fans. 
How the devil are we? Well, we stopped the uh, losing streak, didn't we? Um, well, I got the score prediction right, so I can't exactly say I was disappointed with the point. How are you? This is Lester Till I Die TV. We are available on YouTube, uh, Lester Till I Die TV. Please give that subscribe button a link. We're trying to get up to the 500 mark before the end of the season, if possible. So please, please subscribe. YouTube, uh, sorry, Facebook, we are on Lester Till I Die, the group, as you well know, and Twitter and Periscope at Lester TID. Are you ready for the big one this weekend? It could be said to be a six-pointer. You've got the away side that are looking to uh, make some marks on the home team, hoping to score some points, get some punches in there. And you've got the home team that are trying to defend the ground and not lose any more face. Yes, it's this, this weekend. I'm sorry. Sorry, I, oh, I pressed the wrong button there. It's not the Royal Rumble at all. That's Meghan and Harry versus the Queen. That comes Sunday, Monday. What we've got on Saturday night, 6 o'clock. Small... Yes, it's the third meeting um, between us this season. And I've got to be totally honest with you. Megan versus the Queen might actually be more exciting than our last game. Let's ask uh, our opposition chum what he thinks. And we're about to welcome in Scott. And he is from uh, the Brighton site, wearebrighton.com and at wearebrighton on Twitter. Let's bring you in, Scott. Good evening, sir. Good evening. How are you? Um, yeah, I'm not too bad. Thank you. How are you? Yeah, not so bad. As I, I think the uh, Megan Queen uh, uh, fight might might be a bit more exciting if our last game is anything to go by. Well, yeah, it can't be any worse, can it? <laughs> no, this they, they say it's the magic of the cup. I'm not too sure if I'd uh, go that far at, at all. Um, but yeah, we've got um, the game this Saturday. It's a late kickoff again. We keep getting these late kickoffs. Eight o'clock at the Amex Stadium. And it's on Sky Sports, if you have that platform, TalkSport, Radio, LCFC.com for those outside Leicester. And for those inside Leicester, it's on the old BBC Radio Leicester. Um, third time we've met this season. We've yet to uh, lose to you. Third time lucky for you, Scott? Um, well... If you'd asked me that question sort of just after we met in the cup, I'd have said yes. But our last two games, we lost at West Brom and lost at home to Palace. So absolutely zero confidence of getting a result in this one. Although it would be typical Brighton to then follow up those two results with a, a victory over a side pushing for a top four place. It would be... Um... It would be typical of Leicester to lose to a side that's <laughs> no disrespect <laughs> down towards the bottom. Um, here we go. Uh, a message. Well done, Chris. I'm sure you will let me know. Available in between work, mate. Um, okay, a little bit confused on that. Stick your name at the end, then we can see who you are. And it will probably make sense if I know who you are. Stephen Collins wants to say hello, Scott. Glad to see you back on. Oh, it's good to be back on. I've seen you more than I've seen my barber since December, as you can probably tell by my hair. Hey, don't knock it, mate. There comes a time when you end up like that with nowhere. So while you've got it, whatever you do, don't complain, you know. Um, okay, so um, first of all, let, let's start with 
injuries and get those out of the way. I mean, we're not as bad, but we are still bad. We've still got some sort of big guns out there. And you must look at this and think, great, you know, no Harvey Barnes, no James Madison, no James Justin. Evans looks like he's out. Pratt is definitely out. And Perez, well, that's no loss at the moment, but he's out as well. How are you doing for injuries? Um, sort of, we've been in this, a similar sort of bite where we've had a lot of lot of problems, but I think the key one for us is um, Adam Webster because with him in the side, you know, we we've kept four clean sheets in a row, which we'd never done in the in the top flight ever before, even yeah. in our previous spell. He got injured with 15 minutes ago at Burnley, and you know, since then we we haven't won a game we, and. The thing with him is I don't think anyone realised quite how important he is to us until he's gone out the side. And now we look, you know, we we don't score enough goals to win games by two or three. We have to keep clean sheets. And at the minute yeah. we're conceding because there's a, you know, a distinct lack of organisation at the back. And that's effectively why our, our good runs come to an end because it's coincided with his injury. I mean, we've got no Madison and no Barnes and they were our main scoring force because Vardy love him as much as we obviously do he you know he, I don't think he scored in 10 in Acho scored more than him recently um so you know you've got to be looking at the fact of Leicester's coming to your ground and I know we sometimes you know we have been playing better the, uh, away from home than at home but you know two of our key players out up front it's got to put a bit of a smile on your face yeah, I think sort of, I mean, the game at the Kim Power in December, the league game, that was, you know, Barnes and, well, Barnes just absolutely murdered Dan Byrne. It was, it was a complete mm. mismatch. So, especially as we're without Solly March, that means that Byrne is again playing in the, you know, the left wing back, the left back role. So, to him to have an easier evening, that's a, a big, big boost for us. It is. And, um, I mean, I'm just looking here because... I don't mind playing Brighton, to be honest with you. We played seven times in the Premier League, all in all. We've yet to actually lose. We've got five wins and uh, a couple of draws there as well. So, um, could we play you every week? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make for good reading, does it, from a Brighton point of view? But then I suppose the one thing we can hold on to is, you know, we had an absolutely shocking record against Liverpool as well. And then we went and won one nil at Anfield. So, you know, these things are, are there to be broken. Yes. I mean, what a season it is. Do you know what I mean? I mean, you know, you can go to Liverpool and you can um, do that and you can just as easily lose. I mean, you know, we're, we're in the same boat. It's a weird season, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's in a way, I think sort of, we're coming to the realisation that the way Brighton is set up and the way Potter wants to play, we we tend to do better against the, the better sides because we, we played Manchester United at home and we should have beaten them, really. It was the that game with the 97th minute penalty awarded after the final whistle. We went toe-to-toe -to -toe with Chelsea and a bit unfortunate to lose to them. And, you know, we've beaten, we've beaten uh, Spurs, we've beaten Liverpool. It just seems that against the better sides who attack us and... You know, where we don't have to break down a stubborn defence because we're not very good at doing that. If we can play passing football on the counter, get our you know quick thinking players into the game and don't have to think too much about trying to break down defence, we can be a good side. So you've got you've got to think that you know playing against a Leicester, maybe it will 
you know, set into our hands a little bit. Although having said that, the away game was <laughs> a bit of a disaster. Well, yeah, I mean, okay, we um, we we have been playing better away from home than at home for some reason. But I think it's one of these seasons. I mean, this is what happened earlier in the season, like we like we just touched on there. You know, Jared Madison got a couple um, along with Jamie Vardy, three nil win there. Um, and obviously, we have the one nil win in the in the FA Cup. Looking at the FA Cup, which was obviously a lot tighter game, in you know, in fairness than, than the first one. Coming towards the end, I mean, we we we've got that in the ninety fourth minute, one of our first ever goals this season from a corner. You just switched off, didn't you? Yeah, I mean, it's it's completely inexcusable, isn't it? I mean, mm. when you look at the there's that great photo taken of the corner coming in, and you know, there's three Leicester players up there. Two guys stood over the ball in the corner and just one in the box. And we've got 10 yellow shirts in the box. It's like, mm. how, have, yeah. how have 10 players not picked up the one Leicester player in there? And, you know, I it's, know. it's frustrating because it's just maybe not frustrating because it saved us all having to watch another half an hour of it. It was getting a bit like that, wasn't it? Yeah. And, and we, we, we played sort of, you know, I think we were reasonably happy in that it wasn't, a repeat of the last time we met and it was yeah. as boring as it was it was more of an even game so we were mm. you know we were well in it and that was a, a <laughs> we realistic both, chance both for us shy. to get to the quarterfinals <laughs> yeah yeah we were both shy like I say that's yeah. how it was, it was a case of who was less shy than the other basically who would have got through and you know we could definitely do that yeah. But I could say, you know, there was there was nobody more sort of surprised than us as Leicester fans, the fact that we had scored from a corner, you know, and and for us that, you know, like you say, you know, you, you had virtually your whole team in that box and we had one player and and he, he did what we, you know, what we pay him to do, obviously. But that last, you know, 30 seconds, whatever it was, you tend to forget the previous 92 and a half second minutes of the game because it, it was so dire. But are you glad you're out the F? I know as a fan you want to win every game, but obviously the position you're in, are you glad you're out the FA Cup now and you can concentrate on the league? I'd go back to what I said last time we spoke and, you know, I'd much rather win the FA Cup, for example, than and stay in the Premier League but mm. I guess sort of saying that at the time we were going quite well and it didn't look like we were going to get dragged back in I mean we'd won three out of five and we'd seem to have turned a corner but now we're you know Fulham are within three points of us and somehow we've we've lost a, a 10 point gap to the relegation zone in the past month and you know if we, we can't beat Palace at home we can't beat West Brom at home we're, we're banging trouble mm. I mean you, you know, you're talking to us about uh, losing a gap. We we did that very well last season when we dropped out of the Champions League. But, you know, looking at the table here, I mean, like you say, you are only three points off Fulham. I know Fulham have got some difficult games coming up, but we do know anybody can beat anybody. They've got Liverpool and they, um, you know, Liverpool aren't exactly on a, on a good run of form at the moment. You, you, you're right in that battle, aren't you? Yeah. I mean, we are, I think sort of, we've got Newcastle at home to come and that's going to be absolutely crucial because yeah. if it was away, I'd back us to go to St. James's and get a win. But at home, yeah. we've won once at home this season. We've won twice at home in the league since the start of 2020. So what's that? 
14 months now just at the Amex we're we're nowhere near good enough and you I mean you if you look at that as a as bare form you'd say a team that poor at home should be relegated they deserve to go down the other thing that doesn't really inspire confidence is that we've played Burnley we've played West Brom we've played Fulham we've played Sheffield United um we played Southampton who were sort of you know fifth or sixth at the time but um, obviously are not all that now and we've played all those sides at home and, and we haven't beaten them so it's all very well saying well you know Newcastle are in free fall there's all these rumours about problems between Bruce and the players but is what we've seen this season it's not a foregone conclusion that Brighton are going to win that and if we lose that then not only is it a bad result but psychologically I mean that could have huge ramifications for the remainder of the season Yeah uh, you know you can look and as, as, as the uh uh, viewer said there, I think the bottom two almost certainly are down. And then I think, you know, it is you, Newcastle and Southampton. Mm. Unfortunately, I hate to, don't like to say it to you, but for for, the, for that last place. Yeah, it, I think that's very much the case. I mean, that's why sort of, I mean, a lot of people said that the result against West Brom was a disaster because it was a six-pointer, but I still think they've got a hell of a job on their hands to get out of it. So although, you know, we didn't, we didn't pick up three points, which we really needed. It's not a case of them, you know, getting to within three points and overhauling us because I don't think they will overtake us. It's it's what happens, I think, with Fulham and Newcastle, really, that's going to decide where we end up. And we've just got to hope that, you know, we finish above one of those by the end of the season. And have you got them to play again? I know you were talking about just playing them before. Have you got anybody in that bottom bunch to play? I mean, you said Newcastle, didn't you? Yeah, we've got Newcastle at home and we go to Sheffield United as as well. So, you know, I mean, Bramwell Lane's not easy to go to, but you'd think we, we are better away from home. So, fingers crossed we can get something there. And we've got Southampton away as well. But our record against Southampton is... Based essentially as bad as it is against Leicester, so I wouldn't hold them <laughs> too much hope from going to St Mary's and getting something either. You might get a 9 0 against them, you never know. <laughs> <laughs> Seems to me one team has to do it every season, mind you, it's been done this season, yeah, so we'll, we'll have to wait for next season. <laughs> to next season. Up. Stay up to do it next season. Um, yeah, I mean, looking at your form going into this game, like you say, you know, you've lost to, to West Brom and Palace, who. I would have thought of teams you would have probably got something against, uh, but you beat Liverpool and you got a couple of draws in there as well against Villa and Burnley. But this season, get you know, form is just totally out the window. Games aren't being played on paper. I mean, I know they never were sort of thing, but, you know, you could look at these games and go, well, yeah, we should beat them and we'll probably lose to them. It hasn't been like that this season. And I think it could very much everything go down to the wire. Yeah, and I sort of, like I said earlier, we're we're a funny team in that we're better against the better sides, but also, like you say, it's been a very funny season all round, really. I mean, yeah. you look at Sheffield United going and winning at Manchester United. I mean, that's just... Yeah. Abs- I mean, us winning at Liverpool's strange, but that was an absolutely astonishing result when you look at the form the two of those were in. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it's... It wouldn't surprise me if we go and beat Leicester and then we lose to Newcastle and then we'll go and, you know, beat Man City away or something stupid because it's just been that sort of year. I must admit, I'm not, I am a little bit worried and I'm not getting overconfident because we've had um, a few games. We've just had Burnley and we've had 
we've got Brighton coming up and we've got Sheffield United next weekend, which on paper, like you know, like we just said, are, are, are three games. And no disrespect to you, but when you look at the league positions, they are three games that we should be penciling in earlier in the season. I would have probably said nine points, but you know, we've got the draw against Burnley. I've I have a feeling it could be a draw this weekend, although I am predicting a win, but we'll come on to that later. Um, but yeah, I just, I'm just not confident. No, and I think sort of, it's weird, isn't it? Because it's that sort of season where I don't think anyone's confident, really, unless you support Man City and you know you're going to win 21 games in a row, then hmm. you just think this could be the game we slip up in and... In a way, it makes it exciting, but in another way, it makes it an absolute bloody nightmare because you just don't know where points are coming from. Have a look at um, Man City's start to the season. You know, we beat them 5-2. They had a really bad start. They've just got that out of the way now. And like you yeah. say, really, unless unless there's a massive implosion, I think, you know, we're all playing for the second, third and fourth. But Stephen says here, uh, your goal difference is superior to teams around you. That could be worth a point. Yeah, um, if it comes down to goal difference, we're in a we're in a strong position. But I mean, the the other thing about Brighton this season is we've just been so wasteful in front of goal. It, when you flashed up the results early, I mean, yeah, drawing at home to Villa doesn't look good. Losing against Palace doesn't Palace doesn't look good. But in the the past three games, we've had sixty shots, twenty on target, and we've scored once. And you know, <laughs> that's just absolutely unbelievable, isn't it? I mean, if, if, you, if you take those, the old XG stats, I mean, I don't place too much stock in them because you know, what is an expected goal? But if you took that, would be expected goal, which translates into expected points, would be fourth in the table. It's just, it's crazy. At least you're getting them on target, mate. You, <laughs> average is sort of like 16 shots and like two or three on target, which for Premier League teams isn't, isn't good enough. You know, it, it's... Um, but... You know what? What sort of side do you think um, your manager's going to put out? It's hard to know, really, because I mean, he just cha- chops and changes so much. It's, it's it's pointless trying to predict it. Uh, yeah, I think. I guess you know we we revert to back just doing. Do you think that's to the detriment of the team? Yeah, very much so. I mean, mm. I say that, but it, it's happened. It's happened less since the turn of the year, and, and funnily enough since the turn of the years when we won three games out of five. I mean, when you're, you, you've got, take Ben White, for example, you've got him. He's a very, very good centre-back. He's wanted a, been wanted at some point by the big six. Every one of the big six has shown an interest in him in the past year for his ability as a centre-back. So Grandpa plays him for half the season in midfield. It's just, <laughs> it's not making good use of him. I mean, We've, we played Liverpool at home and went with three out-and-out strikers, which everyone thought was completely barking mad. But then we got a point. Then we play West Brom and Burnley at home and we have five centre-backs in the starting lineup. So it's just... It's, he doesn't know his best team effectively and that is what's let us down. Against West Brom, we reverted to a back four. That didn't really work. So I think the one thing we probably can say is he'll go back to, to three at the back against against Leicester, which is good because I think we're a much better side when we play like that. But other than that, it's anyone's guess as to what will happen. And, and why do, you know, does it matter? I mean, we've, we've made a lot of changes um, at the start and now, but that's due to injuries. And, 
you know, we, we pretty much could pick our team. We, you know, on the preview show, uh, we do a sort of a, a picking our team before before the before the game, and we very much you could you could pick his formation, you could pick Rogers' team. It was the same one week in week out, and we were winning. Now, because it's you know we are riddled with injuries, as you saw earlier, it's a case of having to put out who who we can. To be honest with you, yeah, and I, it's it's strange, isn't it? Because they like in a way you want that consistency, but at the same time, you know if it was like us under Chris Hewitt and you could predict the team every week and for a, I guess it's different for a team like Leicester because even if you do put out the same team every week you've got the problem of how do you stop that team because it's a very very good team but when we had Chris Hewitt in charge it was the same team every week so if you scout Brighton you know how they're going to play and, and they're relatively easy to to stop which I guess is you know we're a little bit more unpredictable now under Potter but at the same time you just think if you can pick your strongest team and stick with it, yeah. Uh, I just want to say, um, Facebook user that keeps coming up that is actually Mark Jonathan George Mason. You have been muted for 12 hours, and if you carry on with the spam, you will be removed from the group. If you're going to make comments, make comments that are relevant to the conversation we're having and not the stupid comments that you've been making. Sorry about that, Scott. <laughs> and the reason that I um, wanted to ask about that, because I remember when we first came up, when Nigel Pearson was our manager, um, suddenly after we had that 5-3 win against Man United, he seemed to change the team every week. Pre the, the season before, when we walked the championship, got promoted as champions, you could predict the team four or five weeks in advance. There, he just changed it every single week and you couldn't predict you know somebody would have a great game and he'd be dropped you just couldn't work it out and it doesn't give players confidence does it no it, it doesn't and you know we've seen that because well, well when we came to the King Power for the league it was a perfect example really because Pascal Grosser I think he you know he just he didn't start the season then Potter brought him in in sort of the number 10 role where he's very very good got three assists and a couple of goals in the five games before we came to Leicester. Then Potter decided to play him as a holding midfielder where he just, I mean, you don't play him there at the Kim Power. He had an awful yeah. game and then was dropped the next month. And you just think it's it's sabotaging a player's form who's been a, you know, a crucial player for us in the previous month. Yeah. And what, I mean, you know, what is your worry about Leicester coming to the Amex? <sighs> <laughs> Where do you want me to start? <laughs> just, I mean, we we don't score enough goals, and when mm. you know the Villa game was a perfect example. We had we I think we had twenty six shots in that, and, and you know if there's a half good goalkeeper, our, I mean our finishing is atrocious. It rather than hitting the corners, they'll hit the goalkeeper every time. And if you've got a half decent goalkeeper, you've got every chance of keeping the clean sheets. So obviously, you know Casper Schmeichel is one of the best in the league, so getting past yeah. him isn't going to be easy for us. Um, and if we get a penalty, I mean, we missed two against West Brom in the space of an hour. <laughs> you um, did. I was surprised. Yeah. At that. <laughs> <laughs> Just summed up Brighton's season perfectly, really. Um, we've missed three against Leicester in the, you know, I think in the past sort of nine years against Casper Schmeichel as well. So absolutely zero hope of scoring a penalty. And then, you know, going forward, Vardy loves a goal against us. Mm. We're not particularly good at, at dealing with pace. And yeah, it was just sort of, a myriad of issues that you think, well, this could be one of those days. Yeah. 
I mean, in fairness, Fulham hadn't led missed and like four penalties on the trot, got one against us and scored it. We are we are the Premier League four guys when it comes to anybody breaking a duck or you say somebody's not scored for sort of three months, they're, they're gonna gonna get a goal against us. I mean, hopefully they've not been practicing penalties. <laughs> well, I don't think it make much difference to be honest. I mean, there's there's taking a penalty, isn't there? And the keeper making a good save, and you think, oh, that's unlucky. But to put mm. two penalties off target is just well, it was, it was a Premier League first, wasn't it? And yeah. no, it wouldn't surprise me if Brighton managed it again. It's just been that sort of year. <laughs> and Graham Potter, we spoke at the first. Well, three times we've spoken this year. Like like you said, we, we see each other more than, than other people. But you were very supportive of him, I know, the first time we spoke and thinking he should be given time. Are you still of the same ilk? Yeah, I mean, yeah, like, I mean, we've we've touched upon, you know, he, he's got some glaring weaknesses in the lack of consistency, the players out of position thing and the... Sometimes he, he does try to be too clever and makes substitutions, tactical adjustments mid-game that affect the flow and, you know, in the end, at the end of the day, are detrimental to us. Yeah. But I think overall you can you can see what he's doing and you look at those those XG stats and we're, we're literally one good finisher away from being a very, very good team because we do everything well. We, we're good defensively now. We have been with, with Webster in the team. We create... You know, to create sixty chances in in three games is is fantastic. I mean, that's yeah, all. Oh God, yeah. That's on that's on Manchester City level of of chance creation. Yeah. What we need is, you know, the centre forward who is going to take those chances. And I guess the trouble we've got is that every single team in the Premier League is also looking for that one mm. centre forward. But yeah. I think we're in a we're in an advantageous position now because, whereas when we had Chris Shooting in charge you'd be saying to this striker, come and play for us. And he would look at us and say, mm, well, that's a defensive team. They don't create many chances. Am I going to get many goals? Any striker who's watched us this season will think, Christ alive, I could get a hat for in a team that creates that many chances. The only issue we've got, obviously, is the, the financial side. We had our £67 million loss announced yeah. a couple of months ago. Yeah. And every, every team's going to be in the same boat because of COVID. But what we can do is we've got a couple of players who are highly sought after by other Premier League clubs in positions in which we're well stocked. So sort of Eve Bassoon has been tracked by United, by Liverpool. If you sell him for £50 million, we've got a couple of players in reserve who we've signed, um, a midfielder called Jacob Boda and a, um, a young Ecuadorian called Moses Casido, who could come in not as good as Basuma, but you know fill the void and then you yeah. take that 50 million and buy the centre forward in the position we really really need if if that's the approach Brighton take then great you know but obviously we've <laughs> we've got to stay up first <laughs> I mean is it Lewis Dunk he he plays for yourself doesn't he yeah yeah. Um, yeah and that's and another he, one yeah he was heavily linked with, with Leicester well mind you, having said that to be honest with you every defender with that could that could stand on two legs was linked with Leicester at one point. Um, you still don't hear much about him these days. Is he still a good player? Yeah, I've, uh, it's a shame really because I think sort of last summer was he's twenty nine now, so and he's still I'd say one of the best defenders outside you know the top six. Mm. But his time's probably gone because we we're, we're going to want 
you know, 40, 50 million for our captain and one of our best players. But no team's going to pay that amount of money for a player who's, you know, 29, no, no resale value, not at the end of his career, but you know that he's not going to get much improvement out of him. And I think that's why it's a shame because if, a shame for him and a shame for us really because he's been with us since he was a teenager and he's one of those players who you look at and you you want to go on and, you know, watch him win trophies, watch him play for big clubs. And if Les had a come in, that would have been an opportunity to do that. He was linked heavily with Chelsea last summer and he's a Chelsea fan, so you thought perfect. And if they had a bid, then, you know, would have been with everyone's blessing. But I think sort of the the opportunity for him to move to a big club is, is gone now unless we're willing to take a seriously reduced bid, which we could do because, you know, he's been a loyal servant and he deserves a chance to go elsewhere. But yeah, he's another player, sort of, I mean, any of our any of our back three we could sell. White, we've already talked about. Webster, he's, you know, equally as good as Dunk. We've got a good defensive unit and other players on loan in the championship who are doing okay, who could replace them. So defence is another area where you think cash in and get a striker. I mean, I suppose it all depends on where you end the season as well, of course, which leads me on to, are you going to stay up and do you think Leicester will finish in the top four or, or bottle it again? I think yes to both. I think, you know, we'll, we'll, it's not going to be easy, but we'll probably just do about enough to squeak over the line again. Um, fingers crossed. And yeah, I think sort of maybe if there was a team, you know, who were, rampant below Leicester who could come on the charge but you just look around and you think no one seems to it's almost like people don't want to qualify for the, <laughs> the, the top four so I think Leicester have got a good chance it is every time we seem to sort of throw it away well not throw it away but we drop points Man United drop points as well so um yeah it's still on um well let's have a look Scott at um at some predictions um I know you've done this for the website in the written version, com, and I've done uh, some questions for yourself and your site as well. But here's what myself and the ex-players have gone for. Myself and Steve Walsh, tight game, but we've gone sort of um, 2-1. Ian Marshall thinks it's going to be a draw, 1-1. And Steve Linex has gone 1-0 to uh, Brighton. Which, but then again, with Steve Linex, in fairness, he hasn't. He's only got one score correct all season, so he actually does reverse psychology in the fact that it um, is going to work the other way. That if he, every time he predicts us to lose, we win. So, but what, what are you going to go for? I think so. I think one all. I, I mean, it's not a good result for us, is it? But it's just sort no. of. It's going to be one of those games where. I think we'll we'll probably play quite well because you're a good team and but we won't have enough quality to win the match and that ultimately sums up our season really. Yeah. Brilliant. Well Scott, this should be the last time we see you this season. So, <laughs> <laughs> unless the like you said, unless the game gets called off after forty five minutes or something like that. But uh, give give you uh, give your sites a quick shout out. Yeah, so it's uh, the website is wearebrighton.com. And you can find us on Twitter, which is at We Are Brighton. Brilliant. Scott, good luck for the rest of the season after Saturday night. Yeah, you too. And hopefully we will be speaking again next season. Yeah, fingers crossed. <laughs> fingers crossed for you. And hopefully we might have to be playing you and the games have changed because we're in the Champions League. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> we, can, we can all dream. Yeah. We can all dream. <laughs> Scott, thanks very much, mate. 
take care. Like I say, I think we'll see you next season. I think you, I think you've got enough to stay up. And thanks a lot for doing this yet again. Thank you for having me. Brilliant, Scott. Take care. Stay safe, bud. Cheers. Bye. Cheers. Thanks to Scott there. Like I say, seeing more than I see my ex-wife at the moment. Uh, this has been Leicester Till I Die, the Opposition View show. If you want to catch it on Leicester Till I Die TV on YouTube, like I say, it is there. And uh, do us a favour and press that subscribe button. We would love you forever. And if you want to catch it up in audio form rather than visual form, don't blame me, to be honest with you, looking at me, uh, we are available on your favourite podcast platform, Apple iTunes, Spotify, Anchor, and Google. Oh, well, it's uh, another game against the bottom half team, with all respect to Brighton. We do a win, aren't we? We've never lost to them, so... <laughs> You know what it is? This is Leicester. Never lost to them. Bring it on. See you. Um, we'll see you about 10 past five. Well, see you tomorrow at seven, actually. Myself and Craig is going to be here with the preview show when we'll be looking ahead to the game. And of course, as always, Craig picks his team out that he thinks will um, show up or show or that Brendan will pick against Brighton. Seven o'clock tomorrow, me and Craig on that show. Guys, take care of yourselves, stay safe, and I'll see you in 22 and a half hours. Good night now. Hello, Matt Elliott here. Be sure to watch Esther Till I Die TV on YouTube and follow all their social media platforms for the latest updates and news on Leicester City Football Club. Leicester Till I Die podcasts on the Apple iTunes, Spotify, Google, Anchor and all podcast platforms. Thanks for watching Leicester Till I Die. This is Chris saying goodbye and see you next time. Podcast Network. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping. And you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. 
perfect. Order delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? Uh, participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.